If you wanted to change the world, I wonder how you would go about it. I guess many people dream about changing the world, and some people actually do. You might think of a Bill Gates or a Steve Jobs in our generation who've actually brought about life-changing realities. But usually, if somebody wants to change the world, they either have to have a really big idea, a great new big product, a new belief, or a big military to enforce some kind of change. I don't think most people would try and start a world-changing movement through telling stories about farming. It's a bit of an odd place to start, isn't it? And yet here we find the proclamation of the coming kingdom, Jesus' initial teaching through parables by the Sea of Galilee, and he tells stories about farming. So Mark chapter 4 is the first time Jesus is going to teach people in parables, stories that are linked to everyday life, stories that would really resonate with the things that people knew and saw around about them. And in verse 1, he's here by the Sea of Galilee. He's kind of using a boat as a sort of floating pulpit, speaking to the crowds as they gathered on the shore. And Jesus' first parable, his first story, is about a farmer who goes out into his fields and he starts sowing seeds. Now, some of this seed falls onto places where it just can't grow, onto a hardened path. Imagine um, a path you know, that's been sat under the Mediterranean sun. It's baked, it's dry, it's hard. Nothing is going to grow on it. Other seeds fall into rocky places where the soil is very thin and there isn't much chance of the seed actually developing. Others falls amongst the thorns and easily gets choked. But others fall into the proper soil, the tilled earth, and it grows and it produces a crop. Now, at the end of that story, Jesus' initial listeners could have been thinking, well, what's this actually all about? What are you talking about, Jesus? Are you going to start coming and giving us instructions on good farming practices, about how to not waste seed, about agricultural reform, or something rather different? The whole thing with parables, and one of the most exciting things, is that actually when we read a parable, it invites us into a story. It invites us into the account. And actually what we start to do is we start to reflect on what God might be saying to us through the various characters. In verse 14, Jesus starts the explanation. And what we do is we find that the seed represents the word of God, the message of the kingdom, the gospel, the good news. Each seed is brimming with life and planted in good soil. It will grow and develop and produce a fine crop. In the same way, every time that God's word goes out from his mouth, it is uniformly capable of bringing new life. Now, for Jesus' hearers, this is not a new concept. Many of them would have probably um, gone to synagogues. They would have heard the prophets and the law read out. And just let me read some verses from Isaiah 55, which may have been in the minds of some of Jesus' hearers. Isaiah 55, 9 to 11. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. As the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return to it without watering the earth and making it blood and flourish, so that it yields seed for the sower and bread for the eater, so is my word that goes out from my mouth. It will not return to me empty, but will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. God's word is never deficient. 
When Jesus calls us to follow him in repentance and faith, when we're called to follow his ways, when we're called to accept that offer of forgiveness, to be part of his new creation, there is never any deficiency in the message. The problem in this parable is all to do with soil. And some commentators actually call this the parable of the four soils, because it seems to have more to do with the soil than it does to do with the sower. Now, I like growing fruit and veg in our garden, but I'm not always that successful, apart from when it comes to growing beetroot. I can grow tons of beetroot. So if you want beetroot, come and speak to me. But the soil in the the man's garden is quite clayey, It's quite difficult to work with. And actually, I think over the years, there used to be a track around the back of the manse. And so as you dig further down, you you come down to bits of tarmac and bits of old stone, and you have to remove them. And it's just not the easiest of soil to work with. So to get those seeds to really grow, I have to put quite a lot of work in. I need to make sure the soil rests. I need to make sure the soil is well fed. It needs to be watered when it's dry. It needs to have sunlight. It's hard work to prepare the soil. But if I don't do it, nothing will grow, not even beetroot. And so Jesus relates the four soil types to different types of hearers of the word. Now, we can obviously apply this to those initial hearers of the word, you know, people who receive the gospel for the first time. And, you know, do people respond to the offer of salvation that comes through the Lord Jesus Christ? We can also look at this parable through the angle of the sower. And we, we can look at it in a way that says that, you know, we need to keep faithful in preaching and proclaiming the word and not get discouraged when perhaps some people don't respond to it. But the important thing to remember with a parable is that parables are not so much about finding definition. We're not to look for some concrete, absolute meaning in them. But they're more Jesus calling us to reflect and saying, what is God saying to me through this parable? How is the Lord speaking to me into my heart and into my life? So I want us to think just for a few moments this morning in relation to our own hearts as receivers of God's word, as receivers of God's word, because the message of the kingdom, the good news of the gospel, yes, we have to receive it for the first time, but God keeps speaking to us, and every follower of Jesus receives God's word. We we do it as we read scripture, don't we? The spirit speaks to us in line with scripture. We see that God is constantly wanting to communicate with us. How do we receive God's word today? Well, let's have a look at these four different soil types. The first way that we can receive God's word, and let's be frank, is that we don't receive it at all. Our hearts can become like the path. Verse 14, The path at the edge of the field, this compacted earth and soil, quickly the the birds who signify Satan in the parable, that they come and they snatch the word away and it has no opportunity to do anything at all. Now today you might be a follower of Jesus. You might read the Bible, you might pray, and yet absolutely nothing is changing in your life at the moment. 
I remember, I think it was Jonathan Boyer sharing with us as a church probably a couple of years ago now, and he, he was talking about how tragic it is when as Christians, actually, if we look back over the last year, we don't see spiritual growth. We don't see ourselves maturing. We don't see ourselves growing in the Word of God. And sometimes, actually, we can drift backwards. We, we can find ourselves actually becoming harder to God's Word and hardened against the things of the Spirit. Now, this year has been really tough for many of us, hasn't it? We've been battered and bruised, some of us physically, many of us mentally. But have we become more like Christ in the last 12 months? Have we received God's word? Has it made a difference to us? Or have our hearts become like that pathway, hardened to God speaking to us? You know, perhaps over this lockdown period and perhaps over the restrictions over the past 12 months or so, we've sort of become a little bit emotionally shut down. Just this last week, I've I've chatted to quite a number of people from our church family. I've chatted to a number of friends and family members. And I just get this real sense at the moment that, that we're all quite flat. We're quite emotionally flat. There is a bit of hope on the horizon. Perhaps we're looking forward to seeing people after Easter, but it still feels a long way off. As humans, we're we're so interconnected as as a being, aren't we, that perhaps if our emotions are feeling a bit like that and our sense of of hopelessness in in the present situation, we can sometimes do the same thing with God's word. And it's just that God's word isn't penetrating into our heart. It's just sort of bounding off us. Now, if that is you today, if that is me, can I encourage us to really pray that God will soften our hearts, that the rain of his spirit will fall into our parchedness, and allow us to receive his words of life again, that we can be changed and refreshed and transformed and renewed. The second type of soil is the rocky ground, and we could think about this, about receiving God's word on a short-term basis. If you're growing a crop, sometimes seeds will fall, as it says in verse 16, into a, a rocky place. Now, we live around here in sort of rural Cheshire, and as you look in the fields around Lim, they're all sort of very deep soils, they're, they're lush, they're green. Um, the Galilean countryside is not like that. Underneath the surface, it's quite rocky and craggy, and so sometimes the, the sower could go around, scatter the seeds over the surface, only to find out that the soil that they've scattered it on is actually only very, very shallow. And so the seed would germinate like any other seed, but quickly it would get scorched under the sun and it would die and it would wither. It's easy to say, I think, sometimes when we receive God's word, whether that's through reading scripture, through hearing a sermon, perhaps going to a conference, and we find ourselves saying things like, oh, lovely sermon, thank you, or that was a great conference, or what a wonderful Bible reading we had today on the tour. But actually we don't take the time to allow God's word to really root itself in our hearts. And in a sense, what we can end up doing is treating the word of God like a commodity. It becomes like that episode of the box set you're watching on Netflix that you can probably remember it the day after. But if somebody asked you two weeks later what it was about, you wouldn't have a clue. It's just sort of become a commodity, something in our throwaway society. Perhaps we're tempted to think, well, actually, the problem is with the sower. Perhaps if we receive God's word in a a more coherent way, perhaps if it came to us with more power, we'd receive it better. But actually, that's not what this is about. We can very easily just not allow God's word to take root. There's never deficiency in the word, but it's in how we respond to it. 
Let's be those who don't throw away God's word, but allow it to take deep root in our heart. The third type of soil is that that is choked with thistles. If you're anything like me, you will find that your brain is very active, but often at totally the wrong times. Um, sometimes you may do this, you wake up in the middle of the night and you find yourself worrying about something that is absolutely ridiculous. And you can't for the life of you wonder why it's woken you up. But it happens, well it happens to me anyway. And it's something normally that if it was in the, the cold light of day, I would just rationalise it and put it on one side. But in the middle of the night, it starts to cause worry and anxiety. Matthew 6 Verse 34, Jesus says, Therefore do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Jesus speaks those words to calm our fears, to still that sort of anxiety in our hearts. And sometimes those type of seeds, those, those, those um, seeds of God's word, will, will sort of come into our mind as, as Jesus reminds us of what he has said to us. But even there, our worries can quickly choke us. Jesus in verse 9 says, It might be the deceitfulness of wealth that starts to worry us, or the desires for other things. And we can easily stop our heart receiving, or believing these words are for us. We can find ourselves attaching ourselves too much to material things, or to money, as Jesus says. And perhaps we start to think, well... I will stop worrying about my life. I'll stop worrying about things. If only I get the next pay rise. If only I get the promotion. If only I win the lottery, whatever it might be. Or I'll achieve happiness when I get the new house, car, golf clubs, trainer, phone, whatever it is, delete as appropriate. And what happens is we allow God's word to get choked. The thorns, you know, thorns are not attractive plants. They're hostile And they will take over everything in the area that they live. And they have fearsome defences of their own. And those worries, they choke God's word in our lives. And as they choke, they won't easily give up. Thorns are not easy to deal with. Even if this country, if you have to deal with brambles in your garden, they're hard to get rid of, they're hard to dig out. And often you suffer pain as they're removed. Perhaps today... You're choking God's word in your life. Perhaps today there are just other things that are coming round it and it's, it's taking God's word from you. Now there is a battle there. There is a battle there. But if we come to God, if we come to God, and you may need to pray that through with a Christian friend to say, Lord, would you help me to be free of these things that are choking? Would you help me again to trust you, to believe your word? Help your word to grow in me and not be choked by the things of this life. And then we get the fourth soil, the good soil. And it says we receive God's word with acceptance. When seed is sown into properly tilled earth, without rocks or thorns, without thorns and brambles, without um, a pathway going through it, the seeds fall and they grow. And they produce so much more than was planted. And this really is about the heart being fully opened to receiving God's word, to the transforming power of the Spirit of God. That we don't just hear, but that we actually receive God's word. We act on it and we allow it to transform us. And we allow it to take deep roots in us. We nurture the word of God. 
You know, as a seed falls into the ground, as those roots grow, it starts to break the earth beneath. Sometimes God's word, as it actually reaches down into our hearts, will break us. We will need breaking. But it will be a life of flourishing that is the result of that. Becoming more like Jesus. A life where we start to have God's priorities. A life where we don't just hear what Jesus says, but we actually do those things and we learn to trust him. So what do we do with this? What is a very well-known parable today? Well, can I encourage us to use this parable as a kind of thing to spur us on to preparing our hearts to keep receiving God's word? It's been said so many times that we, we live in unusual times that it really doesn't warrant saying it again. But actually, the next five weeks are quite a unique period, even over this last 12 months, um, in the sense that we, we know, providing that the government's lockdown easing goes to plan, that by Easter, we'll be able to meet certain numbers of people outside. But we know we've got five weeks until those changes come about. Why not use that time? to do some serious business with God? Why not use that time to really ask God to allow his word once again to speak into our hearts, to change us, to transform us, and to renew us? You know, if you're reading the Torah, if you're working through the Torah with us as a church, keep going, keep praying those prayers daily that God's word will transform. If you read God's word every day, and again, allow it to soak into you, to soak into your innermost being. James 1 verse 22 says this, Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourself, but do what it says. Let's make it our prayer today that, Lord, help us to be those who take your word seriously and become fruitful for you. Let's pray. Lord, I want to pray that this parable will just remind us that our hearts need to be ready to receive from you. Help us to be those who are fruitful. Help us to be those who, when we receive your word, that it changes us, it transforms us, it produces fruit of the Spirit in our lives. And Lord, help us put aside all those things that would choke your word out of our lives. And we ask it for Jesus' sake. Amen.